This is Penned In, the podcast for all things bookish. My name is Anna Kate Meadler, and I'm here to help you find your next read. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 31 of Penned In. This week, I interviewed fantasy author Carol Logan about the writing life and more. When did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? When I was in school, I was really rubbish English. <laughs> and writing and everything like that so it definitely wasn't something that was even on my radar when I was younger Uh, but I've always really loved reading and when I had a kind of bout of depression I decided that I was gonna uh, try and write and read uh, a few books in the year I tried to read uh, a book a week and then by the end of the year I wanted another kind of I guess New Year's resolution so I thought oh, I'll just I'll just try and write a book in the same kind of genre that I like. I kind of kickstarted it. It took about a year and a half to write the first book, and it was the first thing I've ever written. And then by the end of that, I started trying to you know query, try to see if anyone wanted it. Lucky enough, <laughs> after like a few months, to find somebody. So it was all very fast. <laughs> what were some of your favorite childhood book series? So I always loved Jacqueline Mosin. I don't know if she's a big writer where you are. She was basically the kind of young girls or teenage uh, years writer for us here. And she wrote loads of books about girls who were in different circumstances that were difficult. And it was all very nice. Like it was middle grade. So there's nothing kind of too terrible happened. But yeah, I think they were always exciting they almost always made you think about other people and other kind of ways of life I guess and then it always worked out in the end so (laughs) those were those were the the kind of favorite books I had. Why did you choose to specifically write young adult fantasy? So I'm a teacher I, I am a high school teacher but I wouldn't say it was necessarily just for the pupils that I had in front of me my students although I'm around young adults every day anyway. Those are the sort of books that I like myself if I'm going to be reading them. I think that as opposed to a lot of adult fantasy, which can be quite male-centric, the young adult always kind of seems to have, you know, a heroine and uh, you can kind of see yourself in them. When I was reading all those books every, every week for that year, it was mostly young adult fantasy that I was leaning towards and then it just kind of made sense after that to try and write it myself because I knew all the the tropes and the way it was written things like that so you know write what you know. (laughs) What do you teach? I'm a biology teacher here in Scotland. Would you say you've learned anything from your kids because obviously they've learned something from you. Oh yeah absolutely I mean every day it's, it's such a cliche isn't it they're teaching me as well as I'm teaching them but it is true I think that they've really taught me a lot about 
myself because you know when you're going through being a teenager it is really difficult and then when you kind of come out on the other side of it and you can see other people growing up and meeting the same challenges as you possibly had or or worse I think yeah it really teaches you about how you're going to face those things in the future but also it really makes me feel like humanity (laughs) does have a chance because my pupils are so caring and kinder than people were when I was in school or maybe before that as well so yeah it just makes me feel glad (laughs) I think I've learned a lot about humanity in general are there any real life aspects that inspired your books everything gives me inspiration from music videos to books and songs and things like that I listen to a lot of paranormal podcasts and I think I always get like a little bit of inspiration from them. I write YA fantasy that's based on Scottish mythology so a lot of it is derived from uh, old stories that maybe I heard when I was growing up but also things that I'd never heard about and I'm kind of learning a bit about my culture I guess and ancestry by looking at all those stories so yeah it really is interesting to learn about it but I'm getting inspiration from everywhere. What are some of your favorite Scottish folktales? My favorite mythological creature is the Kelpie so that is a shape-changing water horse that is supposed to live in Scottish lochs and rivers and they kind of turn into a creature that might tempt children or just travellers towards them and it's usually a horse because then it's like oh I've got a horse to ride on and then as soon as someone touches them then they kind of drag them into the water and drown them and kill them so it is very all Scottish uh, mythology is very like that it's very violent but it's supposed to be teaching people be careful around open bodies of water and we do have people that drown every year that are not looking out and I guess that's where those stories have come from the reason it is my favorite is because the Loch Ness Monster I am sure that it is a Kelpie just you know someone decided that it really liked the look of a plesiosaur and then it just ran with it so that's what people see and that's why no one can ever find Nessie because it must shape change back again into a fish or something like that. Do your books have any like underlying morals to the story like Scottish mythology? It's YA, so there's never going to be too graphic violence or anything like that. It's not that's not what it's really about, is it? Um, but like those stories, it's maybe got some some lessons in there. But I think the most of all the lessons are believing in yourself most of the characters are outcasts socially so it's about found family and even though you know these people over here might not understand you you'll find someone who will and although people may hate you maybe people are not allowing you to be part of their group if it comes down to it if you are tasked with saving the world well it's worth saving and I think part of it is you know the first book is called The Stone of Destiny because it's named after a Scottish Irish myth about four treasures and one of them is the Stone of Destiny but I think that the one of the messages is that there isn't 
such a thing maybe as destiny in in this world anyway and it's all about your choices and if you 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 can step back and let someone else take on the mantle or whatever it is but you might decide that you're going to step up to the plate and try and do the right thing basically what is your process for writing a fantasy series so I'm writing the fourth book at the moment and I feel like every single time it's changed a little bit. When I first sat down to start writing the first book, I did expect it to just be a one-off. I plotted it out and then I realised after a little bit, this is going to be, this is going to take two books, this is going to take three books, this is going to take four books. So it kind of grew from there. The first time I remember writing it, I tried writing from the beginning and just I just kept going, but it didn't really work out for me. So I've realised that I need to kind of plot it all out first and then write the chapters that I fancy writing at the time. And then I kind of try and slot them all together. A lot of the time I will write the dialogue first and then go in with the dialogue tags and the, the descriptions and things like that. Although I'm really hating myself for it this time because I've just got a bit carried away I think and written just like pages of dialogue and I thought that no one cares about this so I've had to cut quite a lot of it out I'm already at 103,000 words and my deadline is a week on Monday so I really need to get that cut down. How do you set your deadlines? For these books the first one was bought I guess or the contract was given to me for the first one and after that they said yeah it's done well enough we want to we want the whole series so every year after that I've had to write a book within that year so that it can be published um, usually in October the deadline is usually the beginning of June to try and get it edited and ready basically for publication in October because it does get printed as well. The books go out to bookshops, so they have to kind of have them in enough time. But I think in the future, I'm excited to write something that I just want to write in the time that I want to write it in, not put too much pressure on myself because writing a book in, the, in a year is a lot of work, especially if you're a teacher and doing a full-time job. So yeah, I'll just see how I get on with it. I won't have anyone to buy it until it's really finished and then they'll start looking so I think I'll be a bit more relaxed in the future. (laughs) How did you find your publisher? I started looking for agents first of all because that's what they tell you to do if you're trying to get traditionally published find an agent first and then they'll start approaching the publishers and I only kind of queried I think maybe 10 agents and either got knocked back or like uh, emails back to say no we don't were not interested at the moment or they just never replied and then I was starting a new job so I decided to just kind of put that on hold for a little bit and start working again. I think I was speaking to the librarian and she said oh one of the kids in your new book club his mum actually works for a publisher and she actually is part as a part-time job but the other part of her job is that she works in the local bookshop so I just happened to be in there one day because can never have enough books <laughs> and I was kind of browsing the shelves and then I said oh I I've heard about you if you're so-and-so's mum nice to meet you I heard that you work for a publisher I'm actually querying a book at the moment so you know if you've got any tips not thinking oh here is my manuscript will you do look over for me because I again thought you have to get an agent first but she said oh can we see the first chapter of it so 
I sent that off. They read that. Then they wanted the full manuscript. And then they took me out for dinner and said we would really like to buy the book. And one of the things that they said was they didn't, because they were such a small publisher, they're, they're actually based in the Isle of Lewis. It was one person really is running the, uh, running the whole show. It's based in her house. So it's very small, although they're... You know, the books are available in bookshops all over Scotland. It's still indie. They said we don't really want to work with someone that has an agent. So it's maybe something to kind of bear in mind. I think the advice I would give to people is, you know, get your book ready, but then don't just query agents, also query indie publishers too, because they might find that they would rather work with you unagented. How do you find the time to manage writing, work, social media, and then life outside of all of that? I think I wouldn't be able to do it if I had kids. <laughs> That's probably a big part of it. I only have enough time, I think, for that, for going to work during the day, coming home, looking after the dogs, <laughs> trying to keep my house in like a semblance of clean, <laughs> and then doing some writing I also have like a lot of health problems so it can be really difficult to kind of manage it all especially when I get sick but so far we're we're doing okay I think I would love to maybe be a bit more have a bit more exercise get out a little bit more but yeah that's that's going to be something that I'm planning on now once the book is handed in and I've not got another deadline that is set by someone else so in June I'm planning on going out every weekend <laughs> and seeing people that I haven't seen in a while. So I think I'm kind of excited to catch my breath after all of that. <laughs> what do you guys like to do outside of writing? So on a Saturday night, we play Dungeons and Dragons. That's kind of my social thing <laughs> of the week. So, you know, we play for like five hours. We've got friends that we play with in England and also in Florida and I guess it kind of goes quite well together. Uh, I didn't start playing until the pandemic started, although I'd kind of done it a little bit in university. So yeah, we've been playing the same campaign for a couple of years now. And again, I'm kind of on hold with that at the moment while I get this book finished, but we'll be back to it um, and it'll be really exciting. So yeah, I think it's just another sort of creative outlet. And also I get to speak to friends. Has playing D&D affected your, would you say it's affected your creativity at all? I think that it's definitely, again, given me a lot of inspiration. I've stolen some of my players, like fellow players' character names and things like that. It's kind of like Easter eggs sprinkled in the books because, I mean, I just needed names, so why not? And I think they kind of got a kick out of it as well. I think it's definitely... While it's creative, it's definitely a bit more mathsy than writing a book would be. So there, there's kind of that side of it as well, which I guess is kind of filling another niche of working things out. It's maybe made me a bit better at working things out, I guess. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. I think they, they complement each other. What has it been like writing for an anthology? So I think someone just put a note out or a tweet out or something to say would anyone be interested in writing a fairy tale or folklore anthology you know sign up now and it was like everyone just descended on it and then she must have so Haley at McFarlane Lantern Publishing she must have just picked 
people that she thought, oh yeah, you'll you'll do. <laughs> we'll close it there. And she looked for a sample of her writing and then kind of told us whether we passed or not. We have a Discord for the anthology people, uh, which I'm not on that much because I have my Dungeons and Dragons Discord and I can attend more talk over there. But it's still nice to kind of keep in touch with people. It's been a different experience than writing as an individual writer because you're you're part of a final product. You're not solely responsible for it. So I guess... I've probably not put as much effort into marketing, but because there's so many of us, the effort is still there because we're each doing a little bit. So yeah, I think it's um, it's been nice. I never thought I, I could write a short story, so it was a bit of a challenge for me, but hopefully <laughs> I've done okay. I've actually been in two anthologies actually now, I'm remembering. <laughs> it's been, lockdown was, um, was a bit of a, a blur. <laughs> The, we had I think I'd handed in the second book and my publisher said well now that you've done that we're actually writing a lockdown anthology for children would you like to be part of that one too so that was a free uh, anthology that went out and I've actually used it in my teaching because I, I wrote about a zoologist who was locked down and kind of going a bit stir crazy so yeah I think it's just been nice less pressure good to speak to other writers as well and kind of trade tips and read each other's stories what is something you learned from another author rather than how to write and the skills of writing because I have learned that through reading other people's books but I'd say more than marketing sides and how people are working really hard that's maybe what I've learned more from other writers we have again a group chat on WhatsApp for all the writers in my publishing house and we kind of just go on there to big each other up and also have a little bit of a rant and I think that no one realises how much work it is behind the scenes to get all of uh, the marketing done to put yourself out there and also again you know how difficult it is speaking to people on social media and sometimes it doesn't go right so yeah I think it's it's learning how to navigate those challenges usually the advice is just block them (laughs) so that happens quite a lot you know you're trying to have a respectful conversation with people but sometimes it doesn't work out like that so learning those skills from my fellow authors has been really useful well, we are coming up on the Zoom time limit so first off thank you so much for coming on to this I really do appreciate it thank you for having me Want to learn more? You can find Carol Logan's website linked in the description below. The Sword of Light, a Four Treasures novel, releases October 7th. You can pre-order your copy today, also using the link in the description below. And that's all for this week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and make sure to subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. (music) 